We're on holidays a few years ago. Anyone love holidays? Yeah. Hallelujah, everyone loves holidays. We're on holidays and I grew up in a city, grew up in, in Sydney in Australia and now we're in a big city, Paris, 12 million people. Big city in Paris and anyway, my wife and I, we decided we went on a holiday and we, we went to the countryside, which is awesome. And uh, we got an Airbnb close to there and, um, you know, really enjoying the holidays. You know, holidays are awesome. Get to sleep in, you're chilling out, just enjoying it. And, and, and what I didn't realise is that we actually, in the countryside, we would book the Airbnb every, Airbnb every morning. There was a, a rooster. Now that rooster... I don't know what happened, but every, that, that rooster had a different timing than, than I thought. That rooster decided to make a noise at four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, man, at four o'clock in the morning, I'm hearing these, Cockerica! Literally, first morning there, woke up. I'm like, honey, where are we? The first morning, it was kind of cool. It's like, oh, wow, that's awesome. The second morning, I'm like, honey, that rooster is really loud. <laughs> I'm like, that rooster just wanted to wake up in the morning and just wanted to proclaim to the world, hello, everyone, it's a beautiful day. Wednesday. <laughs> it got to the time when my wife said, hey, what do you want to have for dinner? I said, can we have chicken? I know where to find it. I know where to get it. <laughs> My kids loved it. We were on the farm. We took them to the sea. They became friends with each rooster. This rooster became friends with us. I love that rooster. <laughs> we did not eat him. He's all okay, right? You know, it really reminded me that every morning, that rooster wanted to wake up and proclaim. It wanted to declare. I don't know what I wanted to say. I don't know chicken language. <laughs> <laughs> but it gave me the impression that it wanted to declare, it wanted to proclaim over every day that there's a purpose, there's a promise, there's things that God wants to do. And today is I want to talk about proclaiming over this year. And it's just like that rooster got up every day and wanted to proclaim. And I love the new pre-service or the pre-service with all the animals and worshipping God. And, and I just think to proclaim over your life is so vital. Every day, <laughs> don't know what time you get up, but just to really think about this year. Yeah, come on. I remember as a young kid, my, my parents grew up in the city. They would take us to a farm area. And, and at the back of that was a hill. We'd climb this hill as a family. I'll never forget it. And we'd get up the top and look out over the valley. And we'd go, you'd look out over and you'd go, yippee. And you'd hear it, yippee, yippee, yippee. <laughs> All through the valley. As a young boy, I don't know, I just, I loved it. I was just thinking, wow, they can hear me miles away. The distance that that proclamation would make. And I think today in our world, in the world we live, we can't forget to proclaim and to be as people that proclaim. In Matthew 10, 7, it says this, it says, As you go, preach, proclaim in your world to proclaim. You proclaiming. We get to own this together. You proclaim into your world this year. 
I wanna proclaim into your world, but I want you to proclaim into your world, to learn the power of that, of speaking life over your world in that. And it says he proclaimed saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out him freely you've received, freely give. To proclaim into your world, we get this ability as a believer to proclaim, to take hold of God's Word and to speak it into our world. I think there's something powerful about proclaiming. And I think so often in our world, we can go through seasons or we can have things happen in our lives that stop us proclaiming into our world. Have you ever had that happen? Before you be claiming this and something happened, you got discouraged and you stopped proclaiming. Has anything stopped you proclaiming? Where are you at as you've entered into this new year? Are you still proclaiming things full of faith, trusting God and believing for miracles? over your life, over your family, over the things in your hands, over what God possibly wants to birth in and through you in this world. I believe there's powerful things when we start to be people that proclaim. The proverb says in 1821, says your tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. I love this other verse in 1 Peter 3 verse, verse 10, it says, for whoever would love life and see good days. Anyone wanna see good days? Yeah. <laughs> it says this, you must keep your tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speak. Speech, speech, speech. Cockerico. <laughs> see, I think God wants to do something beautiful. And I think your proclamation makes a difference in that. Proclamation to one another, people need your proclamation. You need that proclamation over your own life to tell yourself the Word of God, what God says. And we can get in the habit, we can let things happen into our lives that stop that. And I wanna encourage you as you head into this year that God wants to do something incredible through you and to be someone that will proclaim God's Word. We read in Acts 3, if you're taking notes, it says Peter and John, they were heading to, the, the, to this gate beautiful. It was called the gate beautiful. It was at the entrance of the temple. It was a beautiful gate. I don't know how beautiful the gate was, okay? I've not seen the gate, okay? But it says a beautiful gate. But it says what happened at that gate was a beautiful thing. And I believe we're heading into this year and it's almost like a new year is like a door, like a gate, like an opportunity. And I wanna speak into your life today about these doors and these gates and as we proclaim, because at this beautiful gate, and I think what made it even more beautiful is that they learned to proclaim. And I think that's about your life. Whatever gate you will walk through or wherever you are, what will make it more beautiful will be your proclamation. They said this, silver and gold we do not have, but what I do, I, have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. Beautiful, and he took up his mat and he started to jump and leap and praising God, went into the temple, so thankful to God, proclaiming. Proclaiming is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful miracle. That word Nazareth actually means victorious one. How cool is that when we proclaim Jesus, the victorious one? Anyone need any victory in some things in your life? Hello, I think we've all got our hands up in that, okay? 
And as we proclaim Jesus, we're proclaiming Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus, the victorious one. Hallelujah. And I believe today God wants to do significant things, walk through significant doors, be beautiful gates because of our proclamation. I realise gates are important. And that's what I think as we headed in the second Sunday of this year, is that you're walking into a new gate, a new year, a new opportunity of what God wants to do. I realised last year the importance of gates. I, I didn't lock a gate and someone came in and they stole my bike. Ah. Uh, now I lock that gate. Lock it, lock it, lock it, lock it. <laughs> gates keep things out. Gates let things in. Gates can be a weak spot. Back in the olden days, gates were a place where they'd go and fight because they could have been a weak spot. Gates are important. And there's significant places. And the Bible talks about miracles happening in gates, the importance of gates. They're a place that want to bring protection to things. And when we bring that, we can store things. Gates are so important to our lives. And we're walking through a gate and we've got to actually remember and think about God wants to open gates. God actually, it says this. I love this. It says that He is the door. He's the gate. Think about that. Jesus is the gate into your future, into what is before you. Is God is a gate and when you trust in Him, on the other side of walking through and letting Him be that door of your life is life, is forgiveness, is beautiful stuff. Redemption, God restoring. But I want to be a gate and I want us to proclaim over the gates of our life. Over this year, over this new year that God is bringing into your life, over the gates, maybe you've started a new st- a university, your business, your work, over your family, that, that is a, this year would be a new gate you'd walk through and see God's goodness, amen? Yes. To proclaim. To be intentional over my family, to be intentional over my friendships and to build that friendships that are proclaiming what God could do, that we lift each other up towards all that God wants to have for us. We have a world that pulls us down, but as a community here is that our proclamation would build, it would restore, it would bring future into people's life, it would line up with what God says. Doors, gates. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. Anyone who hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him, with that person and them with me. Jesus says that he can open doors that no one shuts and shuts that no one can open. I'm learning there's so much about a God who wants to open doors and we're walking into a year, we're walking into new things, we're walking into this year and I want to believe that God at that gate beautiful, you will have a gate beautiful experience. Beautiful gates. In Deuteronomy, as I started to prepare this message and started to think about every single person and to get excited about God wanting to actually build your journey and the things that you walk through. And I read in Deuteronomy 6 verse 7, and this is what they did. This is what they did in the past. It says, you shall write on them the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Wow, that was a habit that they had and that they instructed the people to write on your doorposts. (laughs) 
to ride on them. And why? Because you get up in the morning, all of us walk through doors. Man, I don't know, man, to imagine, I don't know how many doors you've already walked through today. <laughs> We've walked through a lot and we've just become familiar with them. But here they're actually saying, maybe we should get a little bit more strategic about our doors. Maybe we should get a little bit more intentional about what we write over this new year, what we actually do that. I love the theme. Go for godly wisdom. I love that. In 2024. Man, we're 2024 already. To go for that, to write it over, I just imagine that some of us have written on our doorpost things that we need to rub off and write new things. You've got mistakes and things and they're etched on your doorframe and every time you walk through it or you walk through something, it triggers, it's, it locks something in and, and you, go to few, you get discouraged again. And I think it's so intentional that we need to be. And I'll tell you what, I turned 50 last year. You can say that a little bit better, okay? Wow. <laughs> I did. And you can think about life and you contemplate and all of that. And I've got to write on my doorframe. When I get up in the morning is that I'm a child of God. You know, God is good. The best before us. God, God's got a future for me. He knows the plans He has for me, says the Lord. To write on your doorframe is so strategic and so important. On your gates. <laughs> I grew up. <laughs> I don't know if you had this. My dad, he would not let me put things on the wall in my room. I couldn't stick things on. Anyone had anyone like that? Yeah? No? Okay. <laughs> Sharing a little bit. Being vulnerable, Okay. My 13-year-old came to me the other day and said, Dad, can I put this on the wall? No. No, it's okay. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh. I said, yeah, why not? If you put it on the wall, I can repaint it, okay? I didn't say that. That was the argument within me, okay? Man, she's put LED things around the corners. Man, you walk into that room, you need sunglasses. <laughs> 13 years old. She's got this little thing that changes all the colours. Man, she does that. I'm getting dizzy. <laughs> to write things, to be intentional about this year, about strategically walking into this over your life, over being intentional over, over your families, over your career, over who you are. As, I, I don't know whatever age you are, but where you are in this year to write some things down over the doorposts of the doors and trust God. And as you walk through them daily, they'll give you, a, you'll receive them, they'll remind them to you and you'll actually help build your life. Actually, it says for us to be strategic about the gate of our mouth as well. Our mouth is a door. And that's what has been proclaimed. To be in real, I love this scripture. It gives me really good images. I love the scripture. It just pops, becomes alive. I love it. In Psalm 141.3, it says this, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. We're talking about physical doorposts but we're actually talking about the doorposts of what we speak to one another. It's so important. Have you ever said a word you wish you hadn't said? No, everyone's good in this room. Okay, men, the church is amazing here, Mark. Have you, the Bible says, it says that our words are like an arrow. 
Have you ever shot a word and went, oh my gosh, I wish I could go and catch that arrow? <laughs> and then it's like, get it back. Father, forgive me, sorry. You know, and it's here, it's saying our words. And I wonder this year as a community, as you grow with your friendships, that they would see something different because you put a guard over your mouth. I kind of like that. Big security guard. Man, it's like you're walking around with a big security guard over your mouth. He's like, no, that's not going out of your mouth. (laughs) Not letting that get in. (laughs) It gives me images. That's the guarded, like guarded intentionally. And it says, keep a watch. Like, man, I've got CTV over my mouth. Just watch, you know, like what's coming out. Yeah, I'm having a bit of fun there, but the Word of God is so strategic because the gates of our life are so important to the future of our life. Gates were an activity place. You walk in a city, the front gate, man, that's where commerce and all this stuff happened and wisdom was found there and everything. It's so important that we actually, these gates are so healthy for us because out of that will come healthy life. As we sow and we reap health, it's amazing that that will come into our lives. To put great gatekeepers over your life. The Word of God talks about gatekeepers. As I started to find that, how intentional God is that? To guard your doors of your mouth, to have watch over the doors of your mouth. And it's just to put gatekeepers. I think it's incredible in 1 Chronicles 9, 22, it says this, all together they chose uh, those chosen to be gatekeepers at the thresholds numbered 212 people. Gatekeepers. They were registered by genealogy in their villages. Man, these guys were registered. This was important. It had to be documented. The gatekeepers had been assigned to their positions of trust by David and Samuel the seer. This is the king. This is the prophet. Authority, spiritual authority was actually trying to say, man, we are going to look after those gates that are so important. Over the temple of God, over the treasury, over the doors, opening the doors in the morning, gatekeepers. And it comes to make me think about our own lives of the temple of the Holy Spirit. And if we don't have gatekeepers over those areas of our lives so it can bring health, so things can be unlocked, so God can see things grow in our lives, so God can protect us from the things that so easily want to come in. Where a thief that wants to kill, steal and destroy, I'm sorry, man, I've got a gatekeeper. 212. I kind of imagine along the church, I don't know how many people in the church, but I wonder if there's people in the church this year, you're going to choose to put a gatekeeper over your heart, over your life, but you're also going to be a choose to be a gatekeeper in the house of God. It says in the Word of God in Psalm 84, it says that I'd rather be a doorkeeper on the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. The importance of a gatekeeper, the desire to be a gatekeeper, the honour to be that, to take a place in the life of building His church, of building the, the, the security and building the life and building the welcome and building this atmosphere around the house of God where people are embraced and people find life and people let go of their past because they see such a new future. 
gatekeepers over your life, over your heart. I truly pray this year you'd have a gatekeeper and the rubbish that wants to come in would be stopped. Amen. And there's stuff that has been there before. You'd write a new thing on the doorframe and you'd proclaim it in the name of Jesus, Cockerico. <laughs> Cooey. Gatekeepers. Gatekeepers are intentional. There's two things in, in Psalm 100 it says, I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. And his courts with praise. Yada, raise your hands. Praise, thank you to God. Or enter his gates. They're intentional about their language. They're intentional about shaping that. And we've got to be that. We live, we can so easily take on negativity. We can take and carry things that get stuck to us. But to be intentional about thanksgiving and praise. At Christmas. My mother-in-law, bless your mother-in-law. Sitting around the Christmas table, there's probably 15 of the family. Mother-in-law says, hey, come on, let's have a time of giving Thanksgiving. Let's go around the table and share something you're thankful for God for. What a moment. She's sitting next to my 11-year-old daughter. She said, okay, I'll go first. She said, God spoke to me for the first time at summer camp. Oh my gosh, I was like, Keep going around the table. People starting to share thanksgiving for what God done. Get to my seven-year-old. And she said, do you want to share anything, Talia? Talia. Talia says, look, she paused. Yeah, this mom, mom sitting next to my wife, where like our bottom lip is like quivering. What's she going to say? Thank God for mom and dad. Hallelujah. No. She says, I started school and I didn't have friends. I prayed. And now I've got friends. Oh my gosh. Oh, we were like, just give me that moment of thanks. And a praise. You know, it says that they, whenever they went out and they wanted to see victory, is they sent the tribe of Judah first. The tribe of Judah was praise. In the battle, in the things you're going to face, is that they go thanksgiving. Keep thanksgiving as you're walking through gates. You don't know what's on the other side, but God, I'm thankful and I'm so excited about what you're going to do, even if I don't even know yet. And He's courts with praise. Is I'm going to lift high the name of Almighty God. And I don't understand anything but praise. Even if it's going to be a sacrifice, I'm going to praise Him. Yeah. Yeah. And they praise, they sent praise because praise is powerful. Yeah. Praise changes the atmosphere. Yeah. And as we proclaim praise, and I love these songs we're singing today. Yeah. And we've got to get in that habit because we can so come down to the atmosphere or the level of world and we need to start to keep lifting that. When they first went over in the promised land, the first city they need to take is Jericho. In Joshua 6, it talks about that that city, the gates of that city were closed. No one could come in and no one can leave. They can put that scripture on the screen if they want. 
You can read it. It says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred and none of the Israelites, no one went out and no one came in. We've got a situation of locked gates. We've got a situation where there doesn't seem to be a way for victory. We've got a situation where people are stuck in their place. And I believe this year that the power of praise, the power of praise wants to bring breakthrough. And if you read Joshua 6, you know that they walked around that city and they kept quiet. They're building expectation. And in that expectation, I pray that you are not familiar with this year before us, that you've walked through a gate. And you needed to be thankful. You needed to have praise as you walk into this year. However young, however old, wherever you're located, whatever background, is that you can carry, you can do this, you can own this. And as you start to walk around, you build an expectation this year, God's going to move. God's already prepared and advanced things for me. I don't know what they are, but I'm going to get excited to discover them. You're starting to walk around and go, what's God going to do here? You're not saying, you're just building an expectation. On the seventh day, they walk around seven times. What do they do? They get a trumpet. A trumpet declares. A trumpet speaks loud. A trumpet ignites. And they shout a praise. And the walls came down. And we've all got walls. And we've all got things. And we've got locked situations. And this year, this key is saying, proclaim. Proclaim, declare. And some of us need to learn that. You're going to have to shape that. You're going to get people around you. You're going to be in community here. You're going to say, I don't know how to do this. Can you help me? I've done that in the past. I don't know how. I'm going to have to learn to shape that. Be real. But don't just stay where you are. Get help to go forward. We've all got to do that. We all face different cities, different sizes, this, that. And some, whoa, I don't know how to get alongside. To proclaim, to ride and see those walls came down and we saw the walls came tumbling down. And I want to believe that over your life, over, over all of us this year, that we will not hold back praise. Is we won't just be people that praise because it feels good, but we'll know how to praise even when it's hard. And when you're almost holding back the tears, but you're going to learn to praise even when I don't understand. And I'll praise continually from my lips, even when it's a sacrifice and I've got to learn to shape those words. There's three things I just want to leave and we're going to make some declarations today. I put some on the screen and you can write yours. I've just put some familiar ones down and I just pray they wouldn't actually be familiar. I pray they'd be very lively. Because <laughs> if anything has stopped you from proclaiming, I pray you'd pick it up again. Firstly, your proclamation of the word has power over the enemy. We have an enemy have a spiritual enemy. We live in a real world, but there's a spiritual world that's just as real. And that voice, and the, he wants to put thoughts into your mind. He wants to speak to you, tell you're not good enough. He wants to skill, kill and destroy. And we've got to learn actually to rebuke that. We've got to learn to speak into that. And we've got to actually learn that the Word of God and proclaiming the Word of God and making that louder than the voice of the enemy is so important. And today, maybe there's people in this room and that voice, man, you're fighting with that voice. Man, start to proclaim, write it down and start to proclaim that the voice of the Lord get bigger. It says that Jesus at a word cast out the evil spirit. At a word, He healed the sick. At a word, there's a word, there's a thing, there's a word of God to proclaim over your life this year. 
grab hold of it as you walk through this year into the gate of this year. It says when Jesus was tempted and if you're facing temptation, the best thing you can do is say, it is written. It is written. I'm a child of God. It is written. I have a future. It is a year written. Man, I'm a child of God. I find my identity in Christ. I don't need to find it in other things. It is written. I can do all things in Christ. When you start to say that, it starts to change things. That I live on God's Word. What He says when we bring a line with it, that, that truth, that changes things. I love this in Philippians 2. It says this, Therefore God also has highly exalted Him, Jesus, and given Jesus the name which is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in those in heaven, on earth and under the earth. There is spiritual power in the name of Jesus. In heaven, on earth and under the earth. Never forget the power of your proclamation in the present, in the spiritual, and we've got to proclaim the Word of God in the name of Jesus. Have I got an amen? amen. The second thing is to determine, to proclaim the promise of His Word. It's powerful and effective. In the unknown, in the unseen, in the things you're facing. It's not just your Word. You get to line up with the Word of God, which is powerful and effective. And if you've got situations, get a promise from God, write it down and proclaim it over your situation. That's the best thing you can do. It creates, it changes. Oh, every season we go through, I know if I'm facing a thing, I will wanna go, God, give me a word to stand on. Give me a word to proclaim through these situations. Man, and that gives me strength. It gives me courage. And I know I'm not just standing on my own words. I'm standing on His words in the name of Jesus. The first thing is that your proclamation has power over the enemy. The second, determined to proclaim the promises of God. He has promises for you. How good is that? He's for you. And the last thing, and you can stand to your feet if you want to, (laughs) is keep proclaiming through every season. (laughs) seasons, there's dry seasons, those seasons you don't understand, the seasons where just things don't go the way you want them to, those seasons where where things just happen straight away, but we learn to proclaim. It says in 2 Timothy 4.2, it says, preach, proclaim the Word prepared in season and out of season. Amen. Do you know what? Sometimes the season we don't know, it says, do you know what? I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to learn to proclaim. This year, incredible doors you're gonna walk through. Be intentional, let God proclaim. Let God in that season shape those words. Learn that language. Learn to speak that word in the season that you're in and herald it, declare it, proclaim it over your life, over who you are, help those around you, be a community that that proclamation is gonna help people live for God and make a difference for Him in this world. Amen? Amen. Amen. So come on, what we're gonna do if it's okay right now is I'm gonna put some proclamations on the screen, okay? And I'm only gonna read them through. I'm gonna get some people to read them. Okay, I'm just gonna come out, I'm gonna grab, well, I'm gonna give the mic to some people to read them, okay? Don't feel scared, okay? Don't feel shy, but we're gonna read this if you can. I don't know if you can read this. Is that okay? Go for it. What God began, He will bring to completion. If God is for us, who can be against us? Nothing can separate us from the love of God. God is good and He does good. 
My God is able to supply according to his riches in heaven. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. By his stripes, I am healed. God works out all, thing, all things out for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Now to him who is able to do more than I ask, think or imagine. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No plan, no insight and wisdom can succeed against the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, what he's began, he'll bring to completion.